Welcome to a, another edition of Dog Food TV. Uh, we are officially in the off season, and I know we had a little bit of a of a hiatus. You know, we back. We had some things going on, trying to get some uh, get some business settled, and you know, unfortunately, that requires us to you know take a look at the lay of the land and see what works, see what don't work. Uh, happy to announce that the Dog Food TV show is now part of the uh, Fanatical Elves network so you can now check us out on um on that platform i think it's fans first and you can listen to that anywhere you get your podcast uh spotify and apple i know for sure so you can be looking for the audio of that and we'll still um upload the videos um you know with the graphics and all of that on youtube that'll probably come a little bit um, after the audio does just because you know it takes a little bit more time to do some of the graphics so you know happy to be back and big shout out to everybody over at the fanatical elves uh, network really appreciate y'all bringing me on and look forward to working with everybody and you know interacting with everybody within the browns community so with that being said Let's go ahead and get into what we're going to talk about today. I really don't want to make it a um, a recap video, but I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about the season. Um, really, I want to talk about something that Tom Brady said a while ago. It's probably a, a month or two ago. And he talked about um, that there's a lot of mediocre football being played. And we'll actually try to try to splice that in if we can find it. And, you know, that stood out to me because when you think about, you know, 20 years ago, I do think that there were more fundamentals uh, in the game. And, you know, obviously it was a lot more physical, it was a lot more brutal. I think anybody will tell you that. And um, they implemented some rule changes that kind of made defenses in particular have to change the way that they tackled. And that's kind of what Tom Brady was alluding to is that he didn't throw to specific parts of the field. They were they were almost like dead zones because him and the receivers knew tight ends also that they was probably going to get rocked um, if certain players was on the field. So he said that they um, taught fundamentals as far as how to catch the ball to protect yourself and, um, you know, different ways, I guess, to run the routes and different things like that. So I imagine if the players had to do that and the coaches had to take that into account, um, a lot of your play calling and some of your decision-making, both offense and defense, probably took that into account. Now, what does that have to do with 2023? The Browns pretty much overachieved. I think anybody will say that going through the carousel of quarterbacks. Um, having your number one running back go down, having your tackles go down. You know, a couple of the receivers got banged up. They was in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, obviously you had a couple of injuries on defense where guys was in and out of the lineup. I would say that the offense really had to deal with that more than the defense did. The defense was the strength of the team, especially when you lost your key pieces, mainly Chubb in week two and then Watson a little bit later in the season. You know, if the defense wasn't able to stand tall and stand firm, the team wouldn't have went 11-6. You know, there's, there's no doubt about that. So when you talk about mediocre football, that's not mediocre football at all. That's probably excellent football when you talk about coaching, when you talk about execution, and probably when you talk about being prepared, 
Now, we just watched the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, and they earned that win. You know, they don't get to pick the schedule. They don't get to pick who they play. They made it to the playoffs, you know, just like the other, I guess, what is it, 16 teams or 14 teams? I think it's 14, whatever whatever the number is. Um, they made it to the playoffs, and they had a fair shot like everybody else. Um, I think most people would tell you that, Aside from the Dolphins, the Bills probably were the better team in terms of talent on paper. The Ravens were probably the better team in terms of talent and on paper. And the 49ers were probably the better team in terms of talent and on paper. But the games are not played on paper, and that's a beautiful thing. So if we think about what the Chiefs were able to do and we look at their offense, Travis Kelsey was their number one receiving weapon. You know, Amari Cooper was the Browns' number one receiving weapon, I would say, but you, you would say that Njoku was, was definitely a solid number two if he wasn't number one, right? So when you look at that offensively, obviously the Browns don't have a Pat Mahomes. Um, they're hoping that Watson can get into that, to that uh, close to that class. But offensively, if you look at the, the Chiefs and you look at the Browns, the only difference, glaring difference, probably is the quarterback. And Mahomes is pretty durable. He hasn't missed too many games that I can even think of. Um, so when you factor that in, I think going into 2024, the Browns offensively really don't have to retool much. The Chiefs showed you that. They won with Travis Kelsey as the number one option in receivers dropping passes for uh, some of the year. They cleaned it up in the playoffs, but, you know, they've won a couple of ways. So when you're talking about mediocre football, as long as you're not playing mediocre football in the playoffs, that's what counts, which goes back to what the Browns did. If you remember the Texans game, that was a very mediocre game. Really, it was subpar. The defense really didn't have their best day. The offense didn't have their best day. It was it was just all around. They they weren't prepared. They 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 weren't. The coaching wasn't good. Nothing was really um, mediocre. Not even excellent. Just mediocre. And you saw the result. Uh, of that game. If you think about the Ravens when they played the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game, they played a mediocre game, probably below mediocre, losing their composure, you know, penalties, different things like that. And the Chiefs, for the most part, they stay poised, they stay stoic. So when we think about the Browns offensively, let's take a look at the numbers real quick um, for the season and let's see where they fail compared with the rest of the AFC. Take a little swig of this drink here. All right, if we got team offense, the Browns rank number 11. Not too bad. Um, where was the Super Bowl champions? Where are they at on here? Kansas City ranked 15th. This is team off. Let me refresh. Let me make sure this is correct. This might be a little outdated. Let's see here. Let's do this one more time. Team offense, yeah, this is right. Cleveland Browns ranked 11th in team offense. Chiefs finished 15th. Let's look at passing offense. Chiefs were 6th. Browns were 19th. Russian offense, Browns were 12th. KC was 19th. So they, they, they flipped a little bit there. But you hope that the um, Browns can, can get into this and get into the um, top 10 um, in passing offense next season. Um, 
you know, Chiefs with six, that definitely helps. Uh, let's take a look at the defensive side of the ball real quick. Well, let's look at scoring offense. Scoring offense, the Browns ranked 14th. Kansas City Chiefs ranked number two. That's probably the big difference. Uh, Baltimore was also number one. This is all regular season, of course. So San Francisco was three. So if you look at the NFC Championship game, that was the 49ers and the Lions. Where are the Lions on here? The Lions were 23rd in scoring offense. Um, Baltimore was one, Chiefs were two, 49ers were three. So, you know, obviously the stats don't tell the whole picture. They don't tell the context um, of everything. But injuries aside, I mean, 11 and six, again, this was this was definitely not a mediocre year. This This team overachieved. You know, I think if Chubb or Watson was healthy, you probably have a different outcome, at least in the Texans game. Somebody may have been, may have been able to settle everybody down, whether it's with the run or with, whether it's with Watson's experience at quarterback. But going into next season, you hope that Chubb comes back and can be what he was. You hope Watson comes back and can be what he was. And you, and you just hope for 17 games where – the offense, at least your key pieces on offense, are able, are, are are available, and they can play the whole game. Because for most of the teams in the in both teams in the championship games, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Lions, and the 49ers, I would say that the 49ers probably had the most injuries on offense. I know some of their receivers were in and out of the lineup, but I can't really think of what the Ravens or the Chiefs kind of had to deal with from an availability standpoint, even the, um, the Lions. So let's obviously go to the defensive side of the ball. That's where, that's where the strength was. And you had the Ravens, number one in team defense. Chiefs were number two. Now, the Browns dropped down to 14. Now, for most of the season, they were right there in the top five. Them in Baltimore were kind of battling it out for one and two. Um, I think the, the last couple of games of the season probably had an effect and skew in those numbers. Definitely the game against uh, the Bengals at the end of the season probably didn't help these numbers. And let's take a look at passing defense. Now, if you watched any of the earlier videos that I did and I talked about the times that the Browns finished um, in the top 10 in rushing defense in the last 20 or so years, it was, I want to say it was less than four times. Um, each time that they finished top 10 in rushing defense, um, excluding 2023, um, I think they made the playoffs. We, we obviously know they made the playoffs in 2020, and I think there was one other time that they did it. Matter of fact, give me a minute. Let me Let me pull that up. From 99 to 2008, the Browns' rush defense was, the highest it was, was 23rd. That was in 2003. In 2009 to 2018, the run defense, the highest it was, was 7th in 2017. And... Then 2019 to 2022, again, we're excluding 2023 for right now, it was ninth in 2020. So I believe during that stretch of time, what do you have? 
two playoff bursts, excluding this year. It's not many. Right? It's not many. And that, again, that's just rush defense. Let's take a look at what rush defense was this season. The rush defense was 11th. Now, here's the important thing about that. Okay? That same stat for the Pittsburgh Steelers since 1999, it's not no three or four times. It's like 12 times, something like that. I forget the exact numbers, but it's double digits for sure. Same thing with the Ravens. I want to say for the Bengals, it's like five or six times. And I think every time that the Bengals did it, with the exception of one, they won the division. The Ravens went 13 and what, four? Give them credit, you know? that's probably what it's going to take most years to win this division, 12 to 13 games. Uh, let's see who they finished ahead of in rushing defense. And I would almost be curious to know how many times this has happened since 1999. Rush defense, you know who the Browns finished ahead of. They finished ahead of the Baltimore Ravens, who was 14. They finished ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who was 19. And they finished ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals in rushing defense, who was 26. That's, that, that tells me that defensively, they don't really need to change much. The core of what you did worked. You just got to work on, you know, maybe improving in the middle, linebacker. But I think for the most part, the defense plays solid. Schwartz with the corners, being able to go man up, with the pass rush, being able to get there. That what There's nothing more you can ask for, especially being able to stop the run. Now, again, number 11, they were higher than this. But, you know, I just think so, kind of towards the end of the season, those numbers got skewed a little bit. So let's take a look at passing defense. Okay. Now, what did we say rushing defense was? We said rushing defense was 11. Do you know what they were in passing defense? You should. They were number one. Let's take a drink on that one. They was number one in passing defense. So we obviously know that that was better than every other team in the AFC North. The Ravens came in at six. The Pittsburgh Steelers came in at 17. And the Cincinnati Bengals came in at 28. Defensively, if you can maintain this type of statistical um, performance on the defensive side of the ball, you know, top five passing defense, we'll say top 10 rushing defense, you're going to be in contention for the division each and every year. And when it comes to the draft, at some point you need to be looking for another end for to put on the other side of Miles Garrett or somebody that he can mentor or somebody that can come in. And now you should be rotating pieces. Now I'm not saying getting rid of anybody. I'm saying that now you have your blueprint on defense because since 99, they the focus was on a quarterback, which was the wrong focus in my opinion. Defense in the AFC North is going to always be king. It's going to always be championed. Not necessarily the quarterback. We saw what 
Lamar Jackson was or was not able to do in the AFC Championship game. And I'm not going to put it all on him. I'm going to say it was a team thing. But even Patrick Mahomes didn't have a Herculean performance in the Super Bowl or the AFC Championship game. He put some drives together. But, again, I don't think anybody watching those games would say he's the reason that they won solely. And, you know, it was all the quarterback. No. It was all phases of the game that the Chiefs were able to win. Now, there's been other seasons that, yeah, clearly, yeah, he's the man. He's doing his thing. But if we look at the, the, at the defense, the Cleveland Browns should be continuing to build their team from the defensive side of the ball to the offensive side of the ball. Now, the defense already had their audition. We see how different they look going from Jim Schwartz, I'm sorry, going from Joe Woods to Jim Schwartz. It was night and day because pretty much the same pieces were there for the most part. They made a couple of retools, mainly on the defensive, defensive tackle area and, you know, a little bit on the defensive line. But for the most part, those were the same people for the most part. So Andrew Barry, and I believe he's smart enough and understands this, that whatever you're doing in that department, just maintain that. Continue to bring pieces in that fit that fit that scheme. Good man corners, physical corners, corners that also have some speed that allows your pass rush to do their thing where you don't have to blitz as much. And when you do bring the blitz, you really wreaking havoc. So when we look at 2023, I think this was a great bridge season because, you know, if, you, if you're a Browns fan for, for years, this is, a, this is a season where they probably win less than two games. Any other season, you lose your starting running back, you lose your starting quarterback, then you lose your backup quarterback at some point, you lose your tackles, you lose a guard or two. I think a center got hurt. You got to sign a quarterback that was on the couch for seven, eight, nine, ten weeks. How was that? If we're talking about the Cleveland Browns, how is that not an 0-16, you know, 2-15 type of season? Give Stefanski credit. Give Jim Shores credit. Give that whole coaching staff credit. So when we – for the outlook on 2024, and I'm, and I'm not one of the – I'm not Mel Kuyper. You know, I'm not Todd McShay. So when it comes to the draft, especially in this offseason, you know, I'm not going to get too caught up in – the prospects, the combine results, because really, it's really just a toss-up. You never, you never really know what you're getting. Lamar Jackson wouldn't have went 31 or 32 or whatever he went if you knew what you was getting. Patrick Mahomes would have been the number one pick in the draft if they, if people really knew. Nobody really knows. So, um, you know, I would hope that they they have some more Dewan Jones type finds um, but again that's that's rare but I do think going into 2024 the the one thing if I had to pick one thing that I'd like to see or one player that I'd like to see um, join the Browns I would I don't know if it's possible I don't know if the cap situation would allow it but I'd like to see Derrick Henry in Cleveland I really would because if Chubb comes back and he's 100%, 
you know, and he has, let's just say, not not an AP type of year, but something close, like 85% of an Adrian Peterson type year. Um, and you can, it wouldn't even really be a change of pace, but if you could bring in, like, uh, Roquan Smith, Roquan Smith said that Chubb is probably the hardest to tackle. I don't know if he was talking about the division or in the NFL, but he said Chubb. I remember that. I'll see if I can find that video. And if you had a situation where defenses have to p tackle Chubb for a drive or two, and then you really bring in the sledgehammer with Derrick Henry, that could be a problem as far as fatigue um, for defenses. And, again, when, when you're talking about the AFC North, because you can't talk about the Super Bowl unless you can make it through your division. And I think most people would say the AFC North is probably is the hardest division in football right now. You're going to need to be physical. You're going to need to be tough. And going back to the Chiefs, the Chiefs have shown you, you don't look at the, what the Miami Dolphins did, the high-flying act, the speed all over the, all over the field. Does that really do anything for you in December and January and February? It does not appear that it does. So it's a simple game. Football really is a simple game. It's defense, being able to stop the run, because if you can stop the run, you don't have to worry about play action, because with play action, your defense gets out of structure, and now you don't know what the offense is doing. Now you're off balance. Obviously, the run game, look at San Francisco in the Super Bowl. They got away from the run. I don't care what they say. They got away from the run. You got a running back that led the league in rushing. Why didn't he have 35 carries? Again, I don't know. Kyle Shanahan forgot more about football than I'll ever know. But it's still a simple game at its essence. You're moving the ball in yard increments. And what's the safest, most effective way to do it, if you can do it? The run game. Because they may want to tackle for a quarter, two quarters, three quarters. But backs like Chubb and and, um, and Henry, they don't necessarily want to do that for for um, an entire game. And I think Henry still has, has uh, juice left in the tank. I don't, I don't think Tennessee rolled him into the ground. So that's what I'd like to see. Um, you know, again, when you're talking about the defense, I do think they need to try to upgrade a little bit the middle, the linebacker area. But for the most part, I think the defense is solid. And on offense, as much as I'd like to see a speed receiver, I mean, again, the, the Chiefs kind of showed you that you don't really need that. Um, I mean, even when the Rams won the Super Bowl, they really told you who was they. I don't who was their speed receiver. I, I don't know if it if it requires that. You know what I'm saying? It'd be nice to have. You, you, you'd like Watson to have a deep threat that's taking the top off the defense. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing them try to try to trade for um, Jalen Hyatt of the Giants. He's young. He's got speed. But he just, he just didn't do a lot. He didn't, he didn't show a lot this season. So I don't know, you know, and who knows what the Giants would want for him in that regard. So, you know, I think there's, again, every season is different. Just because they went 11-6, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything going into next year. But um defensively, the defense is 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 solid, is where it needs to be. It's where it needs to be to compete in the AFC North. The offense, 
it's hard to grade it because of the injuries. So, you know, you saw how different Elijah Moore looked and Njoku looked when Flacco stepped in. Now, real quick on Flacco. I do think that they need to bring Flacco back. And all these people talking about, well, if Watson plays bad, what happens if the fans start booing and want Flacco in the game? There's a simple answer to that. Watson makes 60 some million a year. I think you can put up with that. That's part of what they pay you all that money for. You might have a bad game here or there. But even Joe Flacco will tell you, hey, man, block that out. Don't worry about that. Keep doing your thing. I think you need Flacco as insurance because I, I don't see the point in see, letting a quarterback walk out the door that you saw the product. You saw what happened when he got on the field, when he ran the offense. You saw that. Now, I know they're bringing in Ken Dorsey and maybe maybe some of the call the, the concepts will change. But I do think that seeing what he did, why would you let that walk out the door? It's kind of like with Brissett. And I think Flacco looked better than Brissett did when Brissett had his tenure for them 11 games. So why would you let, like, you already did that with Brissett. And it kind of was like, well, damn, well, damn, well, now we need him. And you didn't have him. So, you know, Flacco, because you gave him an opportunity, I don't think Flacco's looking for another payday. I, th I think Flacco's looking for the right situation. Why would you let him walk? You know, it's the same thing with the Chubb and, you know, the contract thing with Chubb. You got to do right by him. You got to make sure Chubb, you know, retires a Brown. You got to take care of him. You got to take care of your people. I want to say they was talking about that on one of the um, Cleveland sports shows. They was talking about you got to take care of your people because you don't want the reputation of, you know, we're, we're an organization that's not loyal, right? So... Real quick, the Browns did finish ahead of the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals in team offense, uh, despite all the injuries. They finished in front of the, where we at on passing offense? They finished ahead of the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, and a couple slots below the Cincinnati Bengals in uh, passing offense. Uh, the Bengals were 15th. Browns were 19th. The Ravens were 21st. And the Steelers were 25th. And in rushing offense, they finished behind the Ravens, who were number one. The Browns were 12. They finished ahead of the Steelers, who were 13. And they finished ahead of the Bengals, who were 31st. And again, that's with all of the injuries. So, you know, the optimism should be high. Um, and even with these injuries, you, you almost expect the coaching staff, because you've seen it, if, if you, you know, to whatever the situation is, it doesn't matter. It's the next man up mentality. The, Engle, the Eagles won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback in Nick Foles, and they beat Tom Brady, who's the best ever, or number two, whatever you, wherever you have him at. I think he's the best ever. So it can be done. No team is unbeatable. And lastly... When Baker Mayfield was the quarterback, I want to say that was the 2020 season, and they knocked Patrick Mahomes out the game, and he had a concussion. And uh, was it Hinky? Hinky had to come in. Um, the Browns had an opportunity to win that game. And we remember that was the helmet-to-helmet -helmet game where they didn't call that, and it was the touchback. We, we, we remember all that. 
So I do think that the Browns, potentially, if they met up with the Chiefs in the playoffs, could be a good matchup, specifically just from the defensive standpoint. So we have very high optimism. But let's be honest, even if they had a bad season, we would probably have optimism. But we have very high optimism going into the 2024 season. This is probably the worst time of the year for sports because you got to wait all this time for football, all the speculation, all of the hype. And on Dog Food TV, we're going to try not to give you hype. We're going to try to give you um, calm analysis and uh, steady optimism. Um, Wild card loss, given the circumstances, yeah, you can hang your hat on that. You know, that draft pick that goes to the Texans is not a high draft pick, so didn't really lose, lose nothing there. I do think if Watson can stay healthy, you know, he showed you. The Baltimore Ravens game showed you. But we're going to go ahead and wrap it up, man. That has been the uh, off-season, first off-season episode of Dog Food Radio slash TV. Again, we are very happy to be part of the fanatical elves. Uh, big shout-out to all of them over there. Uh, be sure to um, follow uh, the podcast, everybody over there. I think there's a couple of different shows. I'm still, I'm still learning all of the different show names. But um, definitely go go check us out. Um, follow those podcasts, and uh, you know we look forward to the off season, interacting with everybody, and um, you know looking forward to whenever week one is gonna be. So maybe look at the schedule. Uh, I know the schedule has come out; they just haven't announced what the what the order is. So we may look at that um, in the next video, but or I'm sorry, next installment, whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, that'll do it, man. You know, uh, really appreciate everybody for tuning in and uh, go brownies. So we'll catch y'all on the next one.